What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. If this is the first time you're listening, do me a favor and subscribe on whatever podcast platform it is that you listen to and follow on social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at that curious Jones. Share it with your friends. If you think they'll enjoy it, I'm sure they'll appreciate it if they do. My guest today is a former guest of the show. He's a former Supercross racer. He just recently retired after a devastating injury that he overcame. And he's still involved heavily in the industry as an ambassador for Supercross, as well as representing a number of different brands like Fly. He recently moved to Idaho and is just living his best life. And I wanted to catch up with him. We have very similar views on a number of things that are going on currently in the world. So I thought it'd be cool to catch up and get his perspective on things and just see how he's been. So always a fun time talking with him. Give it up for my guest, Weston Pike. But before we enjoy it, a quick shout out from the sponsor of the podcast, Action Specialty Roast Coffee and Natural Supplements. Look, make it super quick and simple. If you haven't tried Action Specialty Roast Coffee yet, go to the website, use code word curious when you sign up for an order and do a subscription. You'll save another 20%. It's the best specialty roast coffee you're going to find. And while you're at it, toss in some products like Active, which is a combination of turmeric and hemp to help reduce inflammation, as well as Fuel, which is an MCT bomb, a quick energy source from coconut oil. And grab a hat or a shirt and a bunch of other new products that are going to be coming as well. Drinkaction.com, that's action spelled with a K. Use code word curious, sign up for a subscription, and enjoy this episode. How you been? Good, man. Just busy on and off traveling. Uh, the season just started again for all of our stuff. So kind of um, just getting back at it. I have a couple weeks off right now, but I start to travel again on Wednesday. Okay. So. Yeah, man. I've been following along. It looks like you've been having a good time up there in Idaho. Yeah. Yeah. It's been good. It's definitely, definitely a, a change of pace from California, but um it's nice. It's more, it's more open outdoorsy and just kind of uh, more peaceful vibe. You know, it's not a typical everyday like feeling where you're always having to do something and like you are in California where you're just chasing something always. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I saw you posted some photos may have been like labor day or something, but you, there was like side by sides that were in front of like these mountains of pine trees. I was just like, man, like, that to have that within driving distance has got to just be so refreshing yeah it is like we like it's crazy like i i could go an hour from my house and be straight in the mountains and the snow and utv dirt bike ride and then like i live i'm like right by the boise river so i'm like five minutes from the river 10 minutes from the the huge lake and stuff so i'm i'm like in the middle of everything so i can kind of just pack my crap and head out and go ride dirt bikes or utvs or mountain bike and anything you want so do you do any fishing or hunting or anything like that i do fish but i've almost lived here a year and i have not fished yet i i, I have 
but just like not um i haven't gotten any fly fishing stuff yet because that's like what it is around here it's more fly fishing stuff so mm -hmm. uh, i just gotta i have so many things going on and hobbies that it's like to go buy another thousand two thousand dollars in fishing gear is like not a necessity right now so mm -hmm. you know it's it works so i'm trying to i think i'm gonna get some stuff when it uh warms up and then me and some buddies from work are gonna head over to um like the oregon border i think it's the snake snake river something like that runs through there and there's like some pretty awesome fishing over on that side yeah uh, i i've never fly fished and i'm kind of like you i'm like i do too many things that yeah. uh it's like if i take on anything else that requires me to learn how to do it i've got to like shed something that i'm doing currently and I'm like, it seems like it'd be fun, but I don't know if I would like it as much as I like the things that I'm like taking my time with now. So, yeah, I'm the same boat. It's like I have 15 projects and five different companies that I am a brand ambassador for. So it's like between my travel with Supercross as a brand ambassador, and then I do Harley events, UGV events, off road events um apparel lines and everything so it's <clears throat> between like building stuff for a show and everything else it just limits my time of taking on another hobby of doing something besides taking my own time in life to be able to enjoy it you know yeah hey do me a favor adjust move your screen if you can just for a second I, you look like one of those people in like a dateline thing that doesn't want me to know who they are i know i was, I was looking at that let me close <laughs> you're good you're fine um can you i was gonna say it looks black you're gonna close um, yeah, if you can. No, you're good. Although, while you're doing that, is that the backyard that had that epic uh, fuck Joe Biden? Yes. Backyard? <laughs> it was. I still got some snow out there, but not, not enough yet. <laughs> not enough to keep it there. <laughs> Dude, I love you. Like, I don't, you, you either have really cool neighbors or neighbors that fucking hate you because, like, whether it's the truck or the dirt bikes or the FJB carved in the backyard, you are just <laughs> living your life. And I, I just, I had to spring that up cause I saw that and I started cracking up laughing. Yeah, no, I, I actually like, I had no idea like what I was moving into cause I built this house last year and it was like the last lot in this neighborhood. So like when I came through to just check out the property and do a couple walkthroughs, like, I came up here five times and I didn't see a single person like outside, like nobody existed. I'm like, what's like, what's going on around here? And then I finally move in and like three, three of the neighbors are cool. Um, but a couple of them, like, I've never even said hi to them. Like they look at me, look away, like run away. It's the weirdest shit, but they're like, a lot of the people in this neighborhood are, um, they work for Micron. It's like a huge uh, Microsoft chip company that makes, like all that BS. So they all work for that company. So they're all just like fucking libtards and shit that just stay in their house all day long and, and don't do shit. You know? So yeah. Oh, I've got, I've, you know, it's funny. I wasn't planning on going here, but I've got a similar story. So I had some work done up my property. I had a bunch of trees trimmed up right before on the East coast. We had this huge dump of snow for like the last month and a half. But right beforehand, I got a guy out here and uh, I wasn't even home and my wife's sending me photos of like, there's fucking trucks just like everywhere. They're pulling down my driveway. They were in and out of here in like 30 minutes. This dude was like a fishing as hell, but 
the guy that lives across the street from me, I don't speak with him. I've lived here for six years. I've never had a conversation. He doesn't look in my direction. And I didn't know why, um, but just figured, I, okay, I've got better things to do than care. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> I came home after all this work I'd done and I seen him walking across the street and he comes down my driveway and he's got a fucking mask on outside, knocks <laughs> on my door and I like come out. Now, mind you, there's a pile of sawdust from this pear tree that was in my front yard that no longer exists anymore. And he's like, uh, did you have work done today? I'm like, look at the sawdust and kind of look back at him. I'm like, uh, yeah, is this a rhetorical question or are we going somewhere? I'm kind of busy. What's up? And he's like, well, the trucks that were here drove in my yard. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm really sorry to hear that, but why are you telling me this? Like, I can give you the phone number and you can call them. And like kind of went back and forth on this exchange and ultimately ended up, he took like 10 photos of my house and of his yard and made me call the, the company. And, you know, I'm just like, I don't want problems, but you've put a target on your own back now, buddy. So the same shit, like my neighbor right next to me, uh, it's like that worked for like literally you don't see him like he doesn't they're like indian and like the wife is like i only see her at nighttime like walking the dog so she like never comes out in sun and just weird shit so when i moved in they lined my fence up for my rv gate um but did like my rv access gate that goes back that connects to his gate between our houses and i didn't even notice it but it was like it seemed fine to me, but he was out there with a marker marking his fence and his property line. And they had, they put my fence up like a half an inch inch into his, his front yard. This motherfucker literally called the fence companies that's still under warranty, made them come out and move the fence into my yard. Like literally not even a, not even a post length over. Like I'm talking a fucking inch over. The guy doesn't talk to me, doesn't say a word to me, doesn't even like say a goddamn thing. And then they had, they came out and ripped the whole fence out, had to move the fence over. Unbelievable. Anyway, like just little bullshit like that, like that I deal with with some of these neighbors. And it's like, they're not just with on purpose. I'll just fucking be loud as shit. Yeah, just, I was just going to say, they, they don't realize the animal that they're probably dealing and starting. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been nice. Like I, I haven't, I've been respectful, surprisingly. Like my old house, like I was just, the devil of the street but like now like at least like it's funny because like the f joe biden was facing straight at his like main windows of his backyard so i know he's seen it every single day <laughs> so but that's whatever. classic it's still so better than california i'm sure so oh by far yeah I, I can't complain so do you feel like you and maybe this is different after what you told me a minute ago how busy you are with all these different ambassadorships but I mean, now that you've had a time to really take a breath, because I think when we connected, you were like fresh into this new world of like retirement. And now that you've had like a whole nother year, you've gotten out of California. Is there a new appreciation that you have for the sport and for riding now that you don't have all of the pressure of competing? Or is that kind of replaced with the pressure of the five ambassadorships and kind of all the things that you're doing with businesses and such? Um, I mean, I do have a, res a bigger respect, you know, because when you're in the game, you don't really realize it. But then like the little things I notice is like, you know, not racing anymore, not training is hard for that. Like, and then when I go do ride, it's like, holy shit, like, this is harder than I thought, you know, so you definitely 
you don't take for granted, but you just don't even realize the amount of effort you do put in once you do retire from this sport I was in. But um, I mean, other aspects like jumping into the brand ambassador role, um, I stepped into a lot more than I thought I was doing, you know, so it almost feels like I went from every weekend travel back to the same thing with, you know, I don't do every round of Supercross, but I do more than half, but then I do 10, 12 ride days a year. Then I do Sturges, Daytona, Bike Week, all that stuff, UTV events, off-road events. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's definitely pretty hectic with doing that, but you know, definitely it's a, it's the same lifestyle, but different, you know? Yeah. So like, I didn't really, what do you do for Supercross then? And if you show up at an event, you're there just kind of promoting the brand itself and, you know, being a part of your experience for the crowd that's there. Yeah. So we, cause we're uh, fly racing is the title sponsor of okay. Supercross. Um, so we have like one of the biggest presents there and we pretty much go up there. We, we, um, set up all of our displays, all of our new gear that we have. Um, we have a couple of little cool things that, you know, we offer to the, to the fans that come through and all that stuff. And also part of my role is just being there as a, as a brand ambassador to represent the company, to draw more attraction to our product, to bring people in. And as well as we have um, every event, every state, we have our, our local reps and dealers come out. And then we do, uh, we cater food, you know, we just kind of hang out, talk, chill, you know, answer questions. And then, um, we do a track walk as well for like after practice is done, we'll go out and we'll take them on the track and we'll kind of, you know, some of the ones that are more interested in it, they want to know, Hey, like what line would you take? Hey, how would you do this? How'd you do that? So we kind of interact oh, wow. with them on that side of it. So we kind of stoke out the dealers, um, the higher up dealers, they come up to our suites, you know, hang out, you know, have a good time. So it's more of like a, a wine and dine kind of thing mm-hmm. to a point that I do. Um, but it's, that's just more of my supercross role. And then um, <clears throat> when I move into my other deals with um, Hard Drive, Highway 21, um, UTV side, Sedona tires, Shiko tires, it's more of um, product stuff. So I get products, put it on my bike, you know, do social posts, um, do events as well. So same same topic, but just different, different atmosphere, different crowd of people, just to kind of try to grow my, my name in a, in a different kind of way instead of just being on uh, motorcycle side. I wanted to ask you this, um, good segue. So you putting things on your bike, right? I think about other sports and the first thing, like as corny as this is like, it's notorious. Tiger Woods went from Titleist to Nike golf, took all this money. They start making his clubs and his game suffers. Are there guys in the motocross world who I would imagine make horrible decisions and take money from sponsorships and get tied into product and, equipment that's not advantageous for success in the long run for them and is that like a part of the strategy obviously like when you're vetting that stuff or is it kind um, of regulated and restricted where there's kind of the ability to float in this pool of products and still be competitive amongst everybody uh it, it's comparable to that so like for instance like it's almost like a, a free market to a way on, on motorcycles so you could buy anything you want you could use anybody you want you could do it yourself kind of as long as it's passes an inspection more or less but but yes it, it's the same thing of like like say when i was racing and i was a privateer like these subpar teams would come after me and say hey we want to hire you ride our bikes do this and do this and i would just kind of break down like what do you guys use what products like what this and then it ends up being like everything they use is just 
pretty much like put in a position of Chinese junk shit, you know? So it's like, I look at my, my aspect of going into it, like, okay, so how many weekends out of my year is this bike going to break because the shit product on it? So then I take it as like, that's going to make me worse and my stats are going to go down because I'm not finishing races. So I'd rather spend my own money and get sponsorship money outside to come in and then just build my own bike because I know I can build a better bike than what most people are offering me because they just want to offer me money in a, in a ride to do, you know? So that's kind of the same part as that. But yeah, there is tons of, there's, a, I mean, there's, you see it that if you, if you, I mean, I know you follow Supercross, but a lot of people don't, but there's a lot of those teams where you see them and it's like, it, their presence looks great, but really their product is shit. It's like comparing something from Chinese to Japanese, you know, there's no, there's no really comparison between the two. So sometimes you have to make that decision, but then in Tiger Woods situation, when you're making millions more to do that and you're at the end of your, your game, it's like, why not take the money? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably like the I, I said that, and I'm like, what a fucking horrible analogy in talking to somebody that rides dirt bikes for a living. But um, no. hopefully, it kind of made sense what I was trying to go with that. But <laughs> definitely, yeah, it does because it's it's going from Titleist to Nike. It's like I'm sure that the pay was quite a bit more to make that decision. And it's like mm -hmm. if I was playing golf and it was I was offered a substantial amount of, of money to go to that, I would do that. It's like a no brainer. I think the probably like hundred million type dollars. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Because you could take that hit for two or three years and then still come back and go with somebody else and someone's still going to hire Tiger Woods. So it's like, mm -hmm. you know, maybe he needs some extra coin, you know? <laughs> Definitely. Um, is the culture in general, like especially from the inside, is it in motocross very advantageous for someone like yourself who's got a very free opinion and you know, open-minded. And I asked because, I mean, I would have thought NASCAR, like NASCAR seemed like that way. And then it's kind of like, you see a little bit of wokeness kind of creeping into that. And then it's mm -hmm. like, I see you. I mean, I can't imagine that be, you know, some of the things that you've posted would be okay in a woke crowd. And it doesn't seem like anybody gives you a whole lot of reprimand to that, but um, mm -hmm. just from the inside, I mean, or do you catch a lot of shit for that? I do and I don't. I mean, I definitely, I talk a lot of shit, you know, outside of this whole new era of life of what's right and what's wrong. But I mean, I don't, I always look at it like I've been the same way forever. I'm not going to change and abide by some new bullshit that comes up, you know, like the whole woke thing and all that. So I'm, I'm always voicing my opinion 100%. I, I've, I gotten a bunch of shit this last week for some of the stuff i you know, posted just as far as a writer standpoint from another writer. But I mean, it's, I, I do get some crap. I could tell like certain people in the industry kind of like shy away, but it's like, I don't, I mean. Probably not the people you want to be dealing with anyways at that point. Yeah. So if you're going to be a fake ass person, then I don't want, I don't want to deal with you anyways. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to fall into that place in life and, and follow that chain just to, because you want to abide by it so you want to act and seem like that same person like everybody else then that those are the kind of people that i fan out in life mm -hmm. no for sure are you following this shit up in canada with the truckers <clears throat> yeah i was like i was seeing it the other day and i, I keep watching that idiot what is he the governor up there uh whatever his name is, uh, is that... 
just Trudeau, Trudeau was it like a prime minister or I don't know yeah. I don't know yeah something like that <laughs> yeah I was like I was looking at a video today and he was saying uh something about if they don't stop they're gonna what was he saying like um they're gonna ban them and they're not gonna be able to travel travel bans and I'm not sure what it was but I, I've been following it a little bit and I've just been laughing my ass off because I wish that we would do that here. In well, the it's, funny. it's funny you bring that up. So my dad drives over the road. Um, and for anybody, I, I say this because aside, honestly, dude, you're like the second most listened to podcast episode I've ever dropped, by the way. So thank you for coming back on. I get people that hit me up constantly and I'll just, I'm like, you've got a, a very loyal, loyal fan base. So kudos to you for that. Um, but my dad, my dad's like number four. I, he's got like the wildest life. He kidnapped the paper boy with his brother when they were kids and like littered, literally threatened him and like said they were going to kill him if he didn't do things like my dad's yeah. a wild man. And um, he came on and just shared like two hours of stories with me and fuck, I don't even remember. Oh, he, he drives over the road. That's where I was going. So he said that there's a lot of conversation at like the TA truck stops and on the walkie or on the CB radio that, they're going to start a convoy in California at the Super Bowl and try to disrupt the Super Bowl and then wow. slowly make their way across the country so that they land in Washington, D.C. for Biden's big address. And they're, I guess they're, I mean, he's like, dude, there's all kinds of groups that are like fragmented right now and they're all coming together. But yeah, it's, I love, I mean, listen, man, it's about time that people start to stand up for their rights and create a little bit of discomfort for, the folks that have been putting us through discomfort. I, I, maybe people think that that's not right, but what other options are there right now? Yeah. If, if that's what I look at is like everybody, like it, it's, it's kind of like that weird thing of like, like people that, that I don't know, are, are more pro Republic and not about all this bullshit that's going down and mandates this, 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 and that. you have to have a vaccine card and for every single thing you have to do now. You Except know, voting. Like, you don't have to have any card for identification when you want to vote, but yeah. So it's like, I, I really wish a massive movement would happen where we would all just get together. But it's like one of those things where I always think about it. I'm like, how the hell can we all just get together and say F you to the government and just make a point. But it's, I don't know what it's going to take to do that, but getting people to be self-reliant. I think the problem yeah. is it's so many people are reliant on the government that they, you know, it's, it takes different people, different times, but I know people that were really against it, but they just, they got crippled. It's like, they couldn't continue anymore. So they're like, well, I'm just going to go get vaccinated because I can't afford to lose my job or I can't afford to, it's like all those hooks that they have into people. And it's, it's sad because like, I'm so thankful that I'd be, I have a, a mentality and means to say, fuck this. Like, I'm not yeah. going to do anything that I'm not comfortable doing. And that's so rare. That's unfortunately not a, a common thing in this country. And it, we need to figure out a way to make that happen and get mm -hmm. more people starting their own businesses and, you know, getting away from just this crazy system that's really designed to fuck all of us, regardless of political party. <laughs> I know it's like you have which way or whatever side you're on. It's like they, they are, like you said, they just cripple how, how you make your money. Like they're going to figure out a way to screw you any which way you want to attempt to go about it. It's, it sucks ass. And it's, especially for people like that, that like, 
want to follow in these footsteps of like making a difference and and disobeying whatever they want to do it's like they can't because then how the hell are they going to live yeah you know, how do they afford food and rent all that bullshit so it's yeah i get it to a point but there's always another option you know there's but it's just that mentality of people that are scared to open up a new journey in life and start a business and do something different that doesn't require you having to get a vaccine you know? yeah yeah I had a conversation with a guy in the sauna the other day. He's a construction worker in here in Pittsburgh. He's like, Oh, I listened to Rush Limbaugh. Like he was like hardcore right wing conservative. And he's like, I had to get vaccinated because the company that subcontracts us out required me to do it. He's mm -hmm. like, and I didn't really have a choice. It's a, it's a difficult time. And it's just like, you want to flip out and do something about it, but it's like, what, what are you going to do unless, you know, everybody gets together and, and does it you know proves a point you know kind of like in the same way they're doing in canada like mm -hmm. truck like f you like what are you gonna do like i was laughing like oh well we're gonna have them tow your vehicles away and all the tow truck companies were like no we're, yeah, not. we're not doing that <laughs> it's like what are you gonna arrest everybody how's that gonna work they're trying to arrest people that are bringing fuel and like yeah. i saw some old guy like they he like put his arm out to like have them honk and they did and the police pulled the old guy out of the car and threw him on the ground it's like they're just they're creating their own demise because at some point everybody's going to see this and be like you can't do that yeah exactly which hopefully it, it gets seen enough but we all know how this bullshit social media world works it's like you just get pushed out and you know you don't get seen on certain things and it's all just manipulated by social media and, and the news channels man it's crazy it is We'll talk about something more friendly, like the fact that you started a new company, by the way, I didn't, didn't realize it, but I was always amazed that like, you're this badass supercross rider. And then you had a furniture company and then mm. you moved from California and now you've got a berry farm. A berry farm. Is that what you have? What is, what is it? Your new, the berry ranch or something like that. What is it? Wait, 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 wait. Where, where did you hear that? I thought I saw you post something maybe see maybe you totally trolled me and got me but there was a post in your social media and like your family was visiting you and you're like i'm glad my family came to check out the new venture and you're like in front of a sign that said the berry ranch or something oh like shit no yeah you might have <laughs> no i didn't know i was like he, he used to be a furniture maker now he started a strawberry farm like what no, the no, no, no. i was i must have i must have uh misinterpreted that on when i said it no they were just in town okay <laughs> I was just taking them around and shit and uh, we ended up being there and we took a picture out in front of there, but. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, when does he have time to do this? Like, I know, I know. I actually, I, I got out of the, I sold the furniture business to my business partner in California when I left, um, dealt with all that shit. And then um, I really didn't want to do anything for a year because it, it just kind of like just doing, doing a whole retail business like that with customer support. It's freaking a mental fucking just headache like it's like even though i owned the business and i had employees like i was still hands-on every day in the warehouse fucking pulling orders doing this doing pickups doing late night deliveries and i'm like yeah the money's good but it's like this isn't this isn't who i am i mean i'm not i'm not a fucking midnight delivery guy to help out because my other person doesn't know how to schedule deliveries and all that shit. So that turned into a headache. And I was like, you know, thankfully got out of that. Um, but now I don't know. I just had a wild hair up my ass like the last couple of days. And I'm, I just, 
I'm starting all the business paperwork to open another one. Oh, like okay. online. I'm not doing any retail like storefront, but I'm going to do um, like all online drop ship. Um, oh, fantastic. It's on easy shit like mattresses that I can make good money on just by not even touching the product. It gets advertised online and, you know, marketplace and everything. And then it just goes straight from manufacturer. I don't even see it. I get paid on it. It gets delivered to your front door. So it's the same as Amazon bullshit, but, yep. you know, just a different small time just you know fun money kind of thing so definitely yeah no i i know a couple people that have done that very successfully one did it with tonneau covers and like truck parts uh -huh. yeah just cool stuff like that so that's oh, really really cool yeah here i thought you were like in some goofy outfit picking strawberries or something oh, i'm no. like <laughs> the fuck? i literally wrote it down on my note list i'm like and hey, make sure i ask him about the berry ranch yeah that's one thing i wouldn't get into is 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 shit like that because i'm like I'm always I'm always into like making quick quick money, not not big investments, and then you know wait two three years to get paid back on it. So I like to make quick startup businesses that are like easy to operate, you know, quick turnaround. You're not sitting on a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars inventory like we were in the last location. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you too the snow bikes. Um, is that something? Like, tell me about this shit because is like, obviously there's adapters. You put a, like a little like blade or something on the front mm -hmm. and then like a snowmobile tread on the back. Yeah. So it's like, I actually just got added to that department as well, as far as like, you know, helping them, you know, as a brand ambassador, just kind of, you know, riding the bikes, just interacting with them. Cause we actually make rail is our, is our actual own house brand owned by Western power sports. So we like rail is our actual own company own brand. We make them, everything is, you know, here. So, um, when I, the video I posted of me riding, that was like my first time, like, and it, it didn't help that like I was in Arizona over New Year's and just like partying for four days straight. And then I, I land on Tuesday and I thought I was just having a meeting on a Wednesday for that company and they're like oh no we're going we're going riding and i was like wait we're doing what like i'm still drunk from the weekend <laughs> and you want me to go fucking ride these things all day long and uh and i was like god damn it so so anyways go out there ride had a bunch of fun as hell for me just because arm pump you know too much drinking and shit but uh but yeah so the snow bike it's pretty much um you take off your front, you take off your front wheel, and then you, it's almost like the same as this, um, as a sled front track. So it's just, um, it's just a carbon, it's just a composite piece that has like the same as a sled on the front. So that's kind of like the way you steer with it. Um, you adjust your suspension for obviously that type of stuff. So I'm pretty sure you're stiffing it up. And then the whole back piece where it's connected to the motor, chain driven, and all that stuff. So you pretty much, you take off the stock spring arm, stock wheel take the shock off everything and then you're bolting um the track system into the actual frame like the swing arm and then you relocate the shock onto the back of the sled that connects to another piece onto the chassis of the, of the bike and then there's another um then the chain runs off the counter shaft to the actual rail system and then you can i mean you can adjust the track the the shock everything you could it's like a fully adjustable um 
sled system on a motorcycle. It looks so cool. Yeah, it's it's super rad. It's I, I've gone once so far and I'm like itching to go again, but it's been like too hot and the snow's kind of getting shitty again. So we're, we're kind of waiting for another snow to happen. But um, super fun. I mean, we were dude, we were up in the mountains and like we're like I'm I'm not joking. We were in four to five feet of powder because it just dumped the night before, like three or four feet. So like, imagine just going wide open, third, fourth, fifth gear pinned wide open and, and just five feet of powder. And like, it's it's definitely a sick ass feel to be able to do that on that and just kind of, and then you fall and you don't feel anything because you just sink in four feet of powder. You know, it's- Is it riding like up on top of it somewhat or do you sink down in because of the way that the bike's weights dispersed? Um, you do like when it's super fresh powder, like we were in, like, like say we would definitely be as we're up to speed, you're definitely staying more on top. So it's just like planning out on a surfboard or on a boat, you know, you're kind of up on top, but, um, yeah, like the, the, the hardest thing was, is, is once you stopped and then you had to get going again, you're, you're like, it, you're just like fighting. You're like a, you're like an anchor in the water, just, you know, dragging once until you get up on top. But once you're on top, you're probably still, Cause when I was following some guys that were on the fresh powder, like it's almost like a huge rut, you know, when you follow behind somebody, cause it was sinking down about a foot and a half. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it gets harder is when you're following somebody in a line like that. Cause then you're, now you're riding on their packed snow and you have a front track and you're trying to follow in that and you're bouncing off of the rut that's already created and stuff. But um, it's definitely fun. I mean, there's a couple spots where we got stuck and had to, turn bikes around on like a four foot cliff edge and we're like all tripping like are we gonna have an avalanche fall off the side it's like crazy shit but um anyway i'm talking like you get off your bike in some spots on like a hillside and i was up to my waist up to my stomach in fresh snow trying to like get the bike turned around you pull the shovels out have to dig the bike out it's it's like it's like a full-on crossfit workout and riding a, a sled or a snow bike at the same time. Same. Yeah, I can't. I, I was like, I've not, I'm not like riding dirt bikes even all the time, but seeing that, like, definitely, I'm like, fuck, who do I, like, I got to figure out how to get myself on one of those things. Like, yeah, badass. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's fun. I want to, I definitely want to go again when I'm, when I'm up to par. <laughs> You know, just to just to get the full effect and not not the hungover effect of a bike. But do you do a lot of other stuff? Like I know you do the side by sides, but are you like just adrenaline junkie across the board, like skydiving, anything like that as well? Or do you typically just keep to the off road and ATV type world? I keep to that, like two wheels, four wheels, cars, UTVs, Harleys, dirt bikes. Um, that's like one thing I don't know, like. I don't know if I'll jump out of a plane. I want to, but like for some odd damn reason, like I could jump a dirt bike through the damn air and not even think about it. But like, as soon as I get on like the roof of my house and I'm looking down, I'm like, this fucking is weird to me. So like the whole thing about jumping out of a plane to me is like, I don't, I, I don't know. It's, it's such a, a, a different thing that I'm like, not sure if I want to do it. What is the height like when you're at a supercross event? Some of those like big jumps where you're getting like the max air. What like height off of the ground are you? Um, I mean, I typically say it's like over our, over the main triples and stuff. If they're about seventy five feet long, so I'm assuming we're in the range of at the max height thirty 
to 40 feet in the air, something like that. So it's, but you just, you don't even like, like I was saying, like, it doesn't make any sense why like, when I can jump on a dirt bike and feel fine, but then I get on the roof of my house and I look down and I'm like, oh, I don't like this. But it's just that, I think it's just a different kind of thing because you're in that, you're, you're, you're moving, you're not just stagnant you know, looking down, you know, so it's, it's, it's a different, different feeling for me, but I think one of these days I want to, I want to go, but someone's going to have to literally just push me out of the, out of the plane. I talk a big game. I'm like, Oh, let's do it. I've like tried to get my brothers and friends before. And I like put it out there almost hoping to like force myself to do it. Cause I want to do it so bad, but I know I don't have the balls enough to want to do it to like go by myself and just say, Hey, let's go do it on a Saturday. I need like people to make me not back out because that'll my pride's more important than anything so yeah yeah that's what i was saying someone would have to literally kick me out of the plane to jump because i ain't jumping on my own (laughs) (laughs) um i did want to ask you one other thing too man before i let you go um the truck i saw this truck and i saw some of the comments the engine looks just disgusting but what are you building inside of your garage um well that's my i've i've been building that thing for i swear it's felt like 10 years but um i bought it's a 1980 c10 um just two-door short bed uh i think i bought it back in 2013 2014 so i've just been building ever since then and i um i ended up doing some trade work with um the old owner of nfab and uh he like trade work as in like I run his logos and he sends me a badass LSX 454 motor from Chevy, like a straight crate motor. So, um, so I did that kind of whole thing beefed up the chassis, um, you know, full suspension overdone. Uh, so then I ended up putting that LSX 454 in the truck, um, all NA motor, all built with like LS seven, um, components and then had my buddy, sheet metal in everything and you know finish you know make it look good and everything and did um 480 transmission in it just every every stupid thing you can do possibly and spend 60 70 grand on a truck dude it's beautiful (laughs) yeah it is it's it's not it's not a show truck because i don't i didn't want to build it like a show truck because i just i just drive like an asshole all the time and i didn't want to like spend the extra 20 grand to make it look like a show truck so I just kind of cut corners on like the paint job and some of the restoration shit. Cause that's where I wasn't really like too interested in doing. Cause I knew like, I'm going to beat the shit out of it and there's going to be rubber down the side of the truck forever. And it's still there from when I first did the first burnout in the truck. Cause it's like, it's just memories, you know? So, <laughs> but um, there will be another edit coming out soon with that truck too. So is that considered a resto mod? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like the full, like I redid the entire interior, um, seats, carpet, dash, it's all digital gauges. Um, it's all modern shit pretty much. So it's pretty much like a 2015 truck built into a 1980 chassis. So best of both worlds. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely a fun, fun ass truck. So yeah. I've... Just every time I drive it, something breaks. So that's, that's my only problem. Really? <laughs> Yeah, I've dreams to my dad had a car that I think about often he sold when my parents got pregnant for me he had a 69 Camaro LL or LSSS uh-huh. 396 big block and just it was so pretty and I he like worked the story behind it, he like worked at Kmart and all this like bought it for $500 and just put money into it and then just parted ways and the guy that bought it destroyed it 
And he's like, it pained me every time I would see it. Like, <laughs> it didn't take care yeah. of it. But it's like, I, I would love to find something like that. But then I'm like, would I keep it stock? So different now with cars that are out there. It's like not even the same thing. I know it's not. It's that's the same thing. It's like, a, like with me, like anything I buy, like if I ever buy a project, it's like, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to keep it stock. No, two months later, I've already got 10 grand into it, 15 grand into it. It's like, whatever happened to keeping it stock, you know, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't exist, you know, mm -hmm. but so big season, obviously, right now. What do you have going on that um, folks who are interested want to catch you out at an event anywhere here in the next <laughs> month or so? Um, I will be in Minneapolis for Supercross this next weekend coming up. Then I'll be in Dallas, Texas, in the Arlington Stadium the following weekend. And then I'll be in um, Daytona for Bike Week, Supercross. And uh, that following weekend after that, the first weekend of March, and then I'm home for two weeks. Then I'll be in Missouri two weeks back to back for um, just our ride day. So I switched back to our our ride day events. So it'll be me and Bradshaw. Um, so we pretty much go out with dealers and, and we invite the public to come out and ride with us. Just kind of doing one-on-one -on -one, um, training. Not more training, but more just kind of, it's like an open thing. If you have questions, ask us. If you need help with something, we're more than willing to help you. Um, so I balance in Missouri for two weeks, and then I go to um, Tennessee, where the Loretta Lens race is at. We have a spring ride day there, which is, you know, we typically have two to 3,000 people show up. So it's anybody welcome. That's in um, April, and I fly home for a weekend, maybe. <laughs> and then I head back to, I do um, Colorado, Salt Lake City, and so on so on it just it goes uh i'm going yeah do they so. have like so i'm trying like do you remember back in the day it was like the x games had like those camps where if you were a kid and you wanted to be like a skateboarder or you wanted to learn how to like just drop into a vert ramp where they would have these experiences do they do that stuff for motocross and like leverage guys like yourself who are not as active in competing but like can go out there and kind of get guys who are young and have an interest in the sport to really advance at a level that would be required to be competitive in the future? Yeah, they're actually, I've been, I've had a couple of people reach out to me that put on like big camps and stuff like, you know, week long camps or just the weekend camps. Um, you know, where you just kind of fly out and they, they bring on, you know, 20 to 50, 60 kids that ride dirt bikes and just kind of do like a whole spectrum experience. Um, I've been invited to stuff like that, but it always ends up falling on a weekend where I have other events going on. But there's not like anything like the X game style stuff where you could kind of like do that advanced stuff, but it's more of just like kind of inviting, it's more for kids, you know what I mean? That are just learning how to ride, that ride, that want to, you know, learn a little bit more and, you know, get some more experience of, of knowledge of how to ride a dirt bike properly, you know, what to do and all that kind of stuff. There is people like that doing that, but it doesn't seem like there's enough of that yeah because everywhere you go it's like it's just hard to there's just the the problem is there's so many events and so many races these days that like it's hard to pick a weekend to get the certain amount of crowd you need to for it to make sense to you know make a little bit of money and pay for the event without you know losing money so that's i think that's the hardest thing is even with me you know i was trying to do a couple classes um, just training classes last year 
but it was like I was trying to do them in California, but it ended up being like every damn weekend there's a qualifier race for a series or there's a series. So it's like instead of getting 40, 50 riders, you're getting 20 because the other 30 that wanted to sign up, they're like, oh shit, I have a I have a race series this weekend. So it's it's so hard to kind of pick and choose of, of a weekend to be able to get, you know, a, an actual big audience to show up and do an event like that unless you're scheduling it out a year you know so people can plan for it yeah yeah no i just i was thinking about it because like for me i would have loved to get into that like as an adult now like hindsight i think about the dumb shit i wasted time on as a teenager i'm like man i would have loved to have done that instead but the barrier to entry for me was just different like you know you got to go and have a bike there's just all this additional commitment and i wonder how much more i would have pursued it if I would have gotten my feet wet a little bit and like kind of gotten that taste and come home and, you know, pressured my parents into wanting to do that. Or, cause yeah. that's like, I didn't have a lot of friends that were riding. So it just never was exposed to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like what we do as like part of fly racing is we, that's what all of our ride days are. You know, we travel across the country to encourage people to come out and ride that don't know how to ride that that barely know how to ride. They just want to come out and have that experience and be able to ride with myself and Bradshaw and other people that show up just to get a better idea of like what they're doing. I mean, we have people show up, like when I was in Tennessee last year, like I'm talking, we're in redneck Tennessee. So like we're at people show up riding in fucking overalls and work boots. And you know, like it's, it's, it's like, but that's what it is. It's like, we, we encourage everybody under the sun to come out and, just ride, have fun and ride your dirt bike is pretty much how we, how we look at it, you know? And if you guys, it just, we're just bringing awareness, you know, trying to grow the sport and grow our brand as much as we can. And that's kind of what, how we go about our business and ride days that we do. That's awesome. So it was really good to catch up with you, dude. Yeah. Sorry. It was a hassle. Like I said, I'm always like, like I said, I got so much shit going on that I'm like, Oh fuck. That's right. I, I, I told him I was available, then I'm not. I'm just, yeah. Oh, so. man. Listen, I, I can tell you right now, you're a man of your word, which I appreciate. It's funny when you do close to 100 of these, that starts to be a common threat, like a, a trait in people that I appreciate. And it's also a trait, as I talk with a lot of people, some very successful like yourself, you've made a career, been very successful at that. Others who have cool stories, but really never got traction with life, but I still wanted to talk with them. But I would tell you there's a common theme with the people that have been very successful. Mm-hmm. They're always like the people that are on time and follow back up and, and all those things. So no worries, man. I, I appreciate that. And quite honestly, I don't know if there's truth to this, but I've also had a lot of people tell me, how did you like get connected with Weston and like get him on your podcast? And they're going to shit themselves that you come on again, because the theme was like, he doesn't do a lot of media and stuff like that. He was never somebody that was like wanted to do a lot of that media. So what did you like, what did you give him to get him to come on your show? And what did, I'm like, I don't know, but I fuck man. I, I appreciate it. Especially after hearing that a few times, not that they positioned you as like a prick, but I yeah. think, you know, it's, I get that because I look like an asshole. I'm not really, I'm an asshole, but I'm not really an asshole. You know what I mean? Like people just look at me like, like my whole career, like, <clears throat> like saying that, like I have people that would just talk shit. They don't even know me. 
because they just look at me and they think I'm an asshole, so they talk shit. And then they finally meet me, they're like, oh man, I didn't talk to you because you just look like an asshole. I'm like, well, that's not a good way to go about it. Bald with a beard, dude, I get it. My, the thing my wife tells me all the time, she's like, when I first met you, I never talked to you because I just thought you were a dick. I'm like, (laughs) okay, but. Love it. So, but um, I came back on and, you know, yeah. I, I enjoy doing, you know, a little bit of podcast here and there and just yeah. catching up. Most definitely. It's, uh, it's been great to connect with you and appreciate you doing this. And I'll certainly reach back out in the future again. I'll want to know kind of if your neighbors have had you evicted from the neighborhood or, you know, if you win that <laughs> battle, but we'll keep in touch and they can try. They can try. <laughs> and I, yeah, I, don't, I don't have the impression that they're going to be successful in that. So, yeah, I know. I was like, when it snowed pretty bad, like last month, like I have a cul-de-sac in my in front of my house. It's a big ass cul-de-sac, but there's like an island in the center. So like, I was so tempted to take my UTV out and just do donuts around it. But then I'm like, it's gonna throw snow and black shit all over these two crabbies that live in my neighborhood, and then I'm gonna have to deal with that shit because their houses are all white. And I'm like, nah, another time. <laughs> so. Well, stay safe, man. Enjoy your time. Have, uh, good luck with the season this year and everything that you're doing as an ambassador. And uh, I'll be in touch. I'll reach back out and I'll, uh, where can people find your, like, is your schedule posted anywhere? Like other than just somebody hearing you on a podcast like this, where they can figure out where fly is going to be. Can they just go to the website? Um, not, there's no actual official schedule that we release that does that. We just do um, the, the, the easiest way to find out of like, of my event travel as, as far as like our ride days where I'm going to be physically there riding a dirt bike. It's more just social media. So if I post a, a flyer of where we're going to be at, I typically try to post about a month and prior just so people can, you know, that want to go that can attend that. So that's, that's kind of the way that we just do it now is, is all just social media based, whether it's on my profile um, or fly racing or fly racing um, Instagram. So that's kind of how we post all of our stuff. And if someone's local to that area and they do ride, it gets released to that dealership. And then the dealership also has flyers and they hand out flyers and advertise it that way. Awesome. Cool. Now we'll be keeping a track where you're at, man. Appreciate it a ton. Enjoy the the long, or I'm going to say long weekend. I'm going into Florida. So it's a long weekend oh. for me. Enjoy the cold weather in Boise and I'll get a suntan and I'll talk to you sometime in the future, buddy. All right. Definitely. I appreciate it. Good talking to you. Later. Take it easy.